Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. The Christian faith, rather than becoming more irrelevant in the world in which we live, is really, really relevant, but you've got to know how to make it work. You've got to know, how do I make faith work in the 21st century when, um, if you were to talk to somebody who's not a Christian or maybe who, who's a little bit anti-Christian, they would talk about Christianity as being irrelevant. Oh, what, you still believe that? Um, and we're like, no, 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 Christianity is not irrelevant. It's actually extremely relevant, but you kind of have to know how to make it work in this life. And this is what we've been looking at in James. And James helps us to do that. And so... Uh, James is a very, very practical book, if you've ever read it, and uh, it will help us to uh, be able to build strong relationships as Christians, to be able to deepen our faith, and then as you deepen your faith, you learn to alleviate some of the difficulties and things that you face in life through having a deeper faith and trust in God. Today we're looking at a particular passage, we've got to James chapter 3. Uh, verses 13 to 18 and if you were to look at that in the bible it would say two kinds of wisdom two kinds of wisdom so I'm going to read these verses and then we're just going to uh, unpack them a little bit this morning who is wise and understanding among you let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we uh, want to thank you that you have already spoken to us uh, in so many ways this morning. Uh, You've spoken powerfully, God, and uh, I pray that we hear that. Father, I pray we hear your word. I pray that we won't be hard-hearted and, and allow so many other things to get in the way where we kind of rationalise, oh, I don't need to listen to that or I'm fighting something else. I pray we hear that. I pray we hear that word that Fumi brought about you need to listen. You need to listen. Lord, your word tells us that we should be quick to listen. We should be slow to speak and we should be slow to become angry. And Father, I pray for such truths to permeate our hearts even in this moment i ask it in your name amen wisdom's a big thing these days not 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 because people are wiser than they used to be in fact we're probably less wise um but the introduction of social media means that you know you can post pictures but you also post words and now people post all sorts of comments and and you know on your Facebook page you post all sorts of comments and things things that you might want to say that sound really wise or things that other people have said that sounds wise so I just want to talk about just some common misconceptions of wisdom knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing yeah just just need to get that out there 
you know, if you walk up to someone, I'm not knocking people who are very bright and intelligent just because I'm not like that, but not knocking them, yeah? But if you meet someone with a, with a, with a PhD or a master's and you say, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm a university lecturer, I do this, that, and the other. And like, you're like, whoa, yeah? And then they, then, you know, they can talk about a particular subject and they've got real knowledge and, and, and skill in that subject. That does not automatically mean they are wise. It doesn't mean that they make wise decisions about life, about family, about faith. It doesn't mean that. You can think it means that, but it doesn't mean that. You know, if you're at work and you have a boss who, uh, you know, who maybe is intelligent and even maybe has experience, that in itself doesn't mean that they're wise. Wisdom and knowledge are different. Now, knowledge can lead to wisdom, but it's not an automatic thing. So it's just worth us being aware of that. Secondly, um, in, in the world in which we live today, people love people who are authentic, who tell it how it is, who say what they really mean, say what you're thinking, all of that kind of thing, yeah? And we love that. And if I were to call out some things, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I love the people who just call stuff out, yeah? That is not necessarily wisdom. Sometimes that's offensive, yeah? Sometimes the best thing is to do is to say nothing. Yeah? But sometimes we think, because we really love this idea of authenticity, people being genuine, people being direct, and all of that, we can relate that to wisdom when it's not necessarily wisdom at all. Sometimes we think people who have what appear to be original thoughts, yeah, original thoughts, thoughts that you'd never heard, people explain things to you in a way that you'd never, you think, oh, that's really interesting. I'd never thought about it like that. Sometimes we can think that's wisdom. Yeah, people say things that you hadn't thought about. Sometimes that's nonsense. Sometimes it's nonsense, but, but we can think of it as wisdom because it's an original thought, it's come in a different way. Yeah? The world is full of what people consider to be wisdom. Original thoughts are not necessarily wisdom. If you've never heard it, it's probably because it's not wisdom. Yeah? Life is what life is. The next one would be Sometimes, and, and sometimes I can be guilty of this a little bit, we can think that profoundness is wisdom. I can say, that clock is telling me something. And I can sound like I'm being really profound, but it's, it's not wisdom. The way I say something doesn't make it wiser. Yeah? The fact that I might add extra words in that make it sound and flower it up, make it sound like it's something, doesn't mean wisdom. And we often, or we can be, in danger of hearing things and, and thinking that they're wise because of the way they said it, because of the words that are used, because of who has said it. We can, we're in danger of that. And, and I say that particularly today because, because Twitter and things like that lend themselves to that kind of thing. They lend themselves to quotes that sound great. Oh, man, that's a great quote, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm going to retweet that. It sounds great, it sounds wise, and, and what I'm saying is sometimes you just need to use some discernment because it's not always wisdom. Saying things with sincerity doesn't mean they're wise. Saying things because you really, really mean it or really, really believe it in and of itself doesn't mean it's wise. You can still do, do those things and be absolutely wrong. Job says in uh, chapter 26 of Job, it says, Job's talking to his friend. He says, what advice you've offered to one without wisdom? And what great insight you have displayed. So he's kind of being a bit sarcastic. 
You've offered all sorts of advice, but there's no wisdom in it. Earthly wisdom, because wisdom kind of falls into two places. There is earthly wisdom and there is godly wisdom. Let me try and just explain what I mean by that. So when I say not everything that is said is wise, and you think, well, some, that seemed wise and that isn't wise, in reality, wisdom that comes from God is exactly that. It comes from God. And then there is other wisdom which doesn't come from God. James says of that kind of wisdom, wisdom does not, that wisdom that does not come down from heaven is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. That's what he says. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. That's what he says. But if you think about it, if you think about how, um, if you think about water, there are two main kinds of water. And I'm, I'm not an expert, I'm not a scientist, but we do have salt water and we have fresh water. Yeah? There are people, uh, you can be around salt water and you can swim and do all sorts of things, but if you simply lived around salt water, in the end you would die of thirst. Because salt water is not water that brings life. Yeah, it doesn't bring life. Now, obviously, it hosts huge amounts of different kinds of life, but it doesn't give you life. You can die of thirst, be surrounded by water, which seems ridiculous, but you can. And if you take salt water to the extreme and you go to the Dead Sea, it's called the Dead Sea for a reason. Nothing lives in it. Salt water doesn't bring life. Fresh water brings life. Yeah, if you went to find a home, you went off and somewhere you were going to set yourself up at home, you'd have a home, you'd have to find somewhere where there was fresh water because fresh water brings life. Salt water and fresh water don't mix. You can't like go, well, do you know what? I've got the sea here. There's, there's masses of water there. I've got a little stream here. I'm going to mix the two. I've just had loads of... No, they don't mix. Yeah, they don't mix. In the same way, earthly wisdom... And godly wisdom don't mix. If you're a Christian, you want to find your source of wisdom from God. Because if it isn't coming from God, then it's coming from something else. It's not like, well, you know, sometimes I'm in there, sometimes I'm there. No, either you find your wisdom here, or you're getting your wisdom from here. And actually, the way you live your life, what happens in your life, are one of the signs of where your wisdom's coming from. Because godly wisdom will lead to maturity. And wisdom that comes from this world does not lead to maturity in terms of faith. In fact, earthly wisdom kind of has two aspects to it. The earthly wisdom that this passage talks about. There's the unseen and there's the seen. And in earthly wisdom, they don't need to be the same. Unseen and seen, in earthly wisdom, they don't need to be the same. I.e., you can say things, the right things, you can do the right things, but in your heart, you can be far from that. And it doesn't matter. In earthly wisdom, that's actually okay. Which is why, in this world, one of the ways that people try and argue is they try and separate out private from public. Oh, my private life is my private life. My public life is my public life. In reality, they're the same. Yeah? Whatever your source is, it's the same. But in the world in which we live, we have to separate those things out because often what's behind us is not the same as what we want to present. I can say the right things, but I can do the wrong things. 
I can talk about how important marriage is or whatever, but over here I'm doing things that really undermine that. So I want to keep those things separate. In, er in earthly wisdom, it might be okay. We all say that it's not good to steal. It's not good to nick stuff. It's not good to do certain things that are wrong. You don't want to break the law. But there's almost like a little caveat in earthly wisdom that says, but if you can get away with it, what's the big deal? Or there'll be another thing where everybody's doing it. So earthly wisdom is almost like according to the circumstance. If everyone's doing it, okay, it's wrong. But if we're all doing it, we're all doing it. That's not godly wisdom. That's the wisdom that comes from this earth. Earthly wisdom says you make your own mistakes. Now, actually, if that were really true in God, there would be no point in God giving us the Bible if it was all about you make your own mistakes. God doesn't say you make your own mistakes. God says, if you're going to follow me, here is how you do it. And we go, thank you, God, for that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to dip into that as I can, but I'm also going to see what I can do. And every now and then I'll come back. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I just need to try again. That's kind of how we live. That's earthly wisdom. If that's how you live, that's earthly wisdom. If you hear the truth of God and go, well, okay, but it's maybe a little bit more grey than that. Maybe it's not quite like that. That's earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom, see this passage even says, it talks about the heart. It says if you harbour bitterness and envy and selfish ambition in the heart, but you deny that, you deny it, you deny that you harbour those things, you almost like act like you don't harbour those things, but you know you do. Yeah? I talk to you very pleasantly, but really I don't like you. Yeah? I say to Pauline, I don't really like that person, but when I see them, hi, how are you? That's earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom separates the unseen and the seen. Earthly wisdom has to do that. It's the only way people who have fallen can survive, is I have to separate these two things. I have to make sure that there's a side of me that you don't know, and there's a side of me that I will present. It talks about um, this earthly wisdom in the heart, and then it says, what does it lead to? Earthly wisdom leads to, it says, disorder maybe chaos in your life it leads to I can't I had got no control maybe it leads to confusion it leads to the fact that I feel out of control about my own life one minute I'm going this way then I'm going that way I believe this and now I believe that so and so said this and now so and so said that and I get tossed around earthly wisdom leads to that kind of disorder chaos in your life earthly wisdom it says James says leads to evil practice but let's not use the term you know, evil, oh, we don't want to use the term evil. But it leads to unhealthy habits and choices. Earthly wisdom leads to that. You make choices that are just wrong. You justify them, but they're wrong. You can even pretend they're right, but really they're wrong. And in your heart of hearts, you know that. Earthly wisdom leads to instability. Earthly wisdom leads to us changing, moving, left and right. And it's a real sign of immaturity. So if you think you are mature, look a little at your life. And that will tell you whether you are mature. I mean, this passage says, if you think you're, who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it. There is a way of showing wisdom and the impact of wisdom. So what then is godly wisdom? If earthly wisdom is what I've described, what then is godly wisdom? And I, I don't really like to try and define things. But I, I couldn't think of how else to communicate it. So I would say it's this, the appropriate or right, application of God's truth and ways to life. The appropriate 
i.e. the right, application of God's truth and ways to life. Godly wisdom must begin with God. It's defined by God. It comes from God. It doesn't come from you. You don't like come to church and they're like, you know, as you go on, you think, you know, I'm just growing in wisdom. Something's happening to me. I don't know what it is. I'm just growing. No. God, wisdom comes from God. God is the source of wisdom. Now, this is true. As you grow older and you gain more experience, if you keep appropriating in a right way and applying God's truth and ways to life, you will become more wise. Which is why the Bible says, you know, talk to the older person, all of that kind of thing. Because if older people, if people had gone through life and appropriated God's wisdom and applied it in their lives, they will be more wise. They will be. So you, so you can talk to them with, with some confidence. Oh, okay, I've seen that that person does that. They will be more wise. They will have gone through things that you're going through. And God's answer was never, oh, make your own mistakes, just try it out, see what happens. That's never how God tells you to do stuff. And that is not how you tell your kids to do stuff. You don't tell your two-year-old, look, I'm going to open the door, I want you to go to the shop, just see, it, just see how you find it. Yeah, you go down the road, press the button, go across the road, and the shop's there, give them the money. Just, just see how you, just, just have a go. You don't have a go. You don't just have a go. No one said, if you did that with your child, you'd be there, that's foolishness. In the same way, we cannot understand God's ways without understanding God's ways and understanding God. That's why we need to listen. And it's through the application of God's truth and ways to life, that we mature. That's how you mature. You don't simply mature because you come to church. You mature when you apply. You must apply. You must take what you hear and you must apply it to life and apply it into the way you're living. That's how you mature. Maturity doesn't come through simply knowledge. You can grow in knowledge. Some of you know the Bible way better than I do, but knowledge isn't the thing. Because knowledge in and of itself does not impart faith. And it's faith that you need when you're walking with God, when you're living with God. So what are some of the characteristics of godly wisdom this passage tells us about? It says, look, if you follow this approach, you'll live a good life. Now, what does it mean by a good life? It doesn't mean that you're going to be a perfect person, but it means your life will be fruitful and your life will be stable. Fruitfulness and stability come through wisdom, godly wisdom. It means that you do things in the humility that comes from wisdom. What's the humility that comes with wisdom? Humility, in this sense, is recognising that, that everything I've got, the knowledge that I have, the wisdom that I apply, it comes from him. I'm surrendered unto him. That's what it means to be humble. So the, the humility that comes from wisdom means I carry out certain good deeds. That's what happens. It talks about purity in this passage. And purity is about right living. It's, it's the fact that in the Christian life, following God's way, there is not a divide between the unseen and the seen. There is not a divide. It's the same thing. Purity is about, oh, what I am behind is what I am in front. Where I get it from is the same as how I give it out. There's no divide. I don't have to try and make myself something different outside because I know I'm something else over here. That's not how it is. Purity is about right living. It brings wisdom but it's also the fruit of wisdom, is that you begin to live with more integrity. Godly wisdom is about peace-loving. You learn to love peace. Wisdom promotes peace. This passage talks about peacemakers. In Matthew, when it talks about the Beatitudes, it talks about people who are peacemakers. Peacemakers who are, pe are people who are wise. Yeah? They're not people who are weak or scared. They're wise. 
They know how to make peace. Why is it important to have peace? One of the ways that the gospel travels is because there is peace. It's difficult for the gospel to travel. It's difficult for people to hear the gospel when there is dissension and chaos and stuff going on. Peace helps. Godly wisdom is considerate. Yeah? You're considering one another. You're, you're, you're willing to be compliant. You're willing to, to compromise a bit. Again, that's not to describe weakness, but, but to live in consideration of others, to recognize, oh, okay, I'm, I'm just seeing here, maybe that's a thing there. Oh, I don't necessarily just push into that thing. I'm showing consideration towards people. That's wisdom. It's submissive. Again, we can think all of these things are to do with weakness, but submissive for the Christian is an attitude that we're to have primarily towards God. And if we have a submissive attitude towards God, he can help us then to have a submissive attitude towards our brothers and sisters. I mean, it says in Ephesians chapter 5, submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for Christ. It's out of reverence for Christ. I don't submit to, I'm not submitting to you because like, actually this person is so worthy of my submission. There's such a, such a, no, it's out of reverence for Christ. I'm looking beyond you. We might not be worthy of submission, but we submit out of reverence. It's something to do with him. It's all about, it's all defined by him. It's not defined by us. Merciful, being merciful to one another. Another characteristic, being impartial. Don't show favoritism. If you are wise, you won't show favoritism. And sincere, which is similar to, it's about integrity, being undivided, being, being genuine. Yeah? Genuine, being genuine, being sincere has its place. It does have its place. So, so that's what wisdom, how do we gain wisdom? Because I'm sure all of us think to ourselves, I, I would love to be more wise. And, and often we think about wisdom to do with decisions, but I'm talking about if you get this source right, if you understand how it comes, then the decision bit is easy. Or no, easier. It's never easy, but it's easier. It's easier to make good decisions when everything else is as it should be. If all of this isn't as it should be, making good decisions is really difficult. So how do you gain wisdom? Because as I said at the beginning, it's not simply the accumulation of knowledge. It's not because I go to church every week and I listen to stuff that I gain wisdom. I don't gain wisdom that way. I gain wisdom by the right application of God's ways and God's truth into life. The appropriate application of these things. That's how I gain wisdom. But there are things specifically that the Bible says about wisdom and how we gain it. First of all, God gives wisdom. Yeah, God gives wisdom. Exodus 31, it's talking about um, guys who are full of skill and craft. It says, I have filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Yeah, God gives wisdom. In 1 Kings, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. God gave it to him. Now, God asked him, what do you want, Solomon? And what does Solomon said? I, want, I, want, I need wisdom to lead the people. And God says, I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else as well. God gave it to him. It says of Jesus in Luke, in Luke chapter 2, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. He grew in wisdom. So God gives wisdom. And so you have to trust that. God's going to give me wisdom. Interestingly enough, when we talked about listening, in Job, it says this. When he's now having another go at his, his friends who are trying to give, give him their wisdom and advice, he says, if only you would be altogether silent, for you, that would be wisdom. 
Sometimes wisdom comes out of listening. Yeah? I'm not talking anymore. It was interesting. Fumi talked about, I'm not praying anymore. And remember, Fumi is the kind of person who prays. Yeah? So you've got someone who prays, who understands prayer, who says, sometimes it's not about prayer. I need to listen. God is speaking. God is speaking. And that was so specific. And it was interesting that Phil picked up on it. I do wonder whether some of us need to do some listening. We're too busy praying. We're too busy planning. And we're not doing enough listening. Then also, wisdom comes because God instructs us in wisdom. And this is about obedience. I instruct you in the way of wisdom. I lead you along straight paths. If you... If you had heard the Christian message and all you had to read was like the Old Testament, now that's a long book, yeah? But you only had the Old Testament. You didn't have the New Testament. You had the Old Testament. And you're thinking, how do I understand this God? You could read that, that book, that testament, the Old Testament, and you would have a really, really good idea of what it is to please God, what it is to walk with God. Because he tells you. He instructs us. The problem is that we don't often like his instruction. But he instructs us. He, he gives us wisdom and he leads us along straight paths. Wisdom comes when you learn to fear and to follow. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's almost like there comes a moment when you begin to realise... Oh, Christianity isn't just about, oh, you know, I, I went to church, I sort of found Jesus, I responded, and it was really great, I, I loved him and all of that, and it was really good. And then suddenly you, be, you become aware that the God that you have come to is way bigger than you, he's holy, and he has things he's asking you to do. And you begin to go, oh my goodness, whoa, I, I didn't realise that. I didn't realise what God was really like. I didn't realise what he was really asking and there's, there's something that begins to grow in you, and it's, it's like a fear, a deep respect. You're like, oh, my goodness. There's this revelation of who Jesus is, and I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness. Fear is a good thing at this point. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? Because in the end, wisdom is the application of God's truth into life. I've become aware, oh, God has a way that he wants the world to work. He has a way he wants me to live. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that. And then I didn't realize that I have a way I want my life to go, and now there's a battle in me. I want to do my thing. God wants me to do his thing. You get to a place where you fear the Lord. It helps you. It's the beginning of wisdom. Because you realize, oh, I, I'm either going God's way or I'm not going God's way. There's not this, in God, there's not gray. God is gracious. He really is. But there's not gray in God. It's fresh water. It's not, it's not fresh. And, it's not like a mixture. You don't like jump between the two. Wisdom comes from humility. We've talked about that. Submitting to God's ways. Proverbs. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Wisdom comes from applying yourself. Solomon says, I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom. You need to apply yourself. Being a Christian is not about being impulsive and just running around doing stuff. You need to apply yourself to understand God's ways. That's why, for me, it would be really a big encouragement to have devotion. Spend a little bit of time reading the Bible and praying somewhere in your day. Because if you want to grow in God's wisdom, you've got to find a way of doing that. 
And when you say, oh, do you know, I'm just so busy, I've got so many things on, I'm like, okay, I know we're all busy, but, but, but it might help you if you kind of put aside some things, find some time, because if you learn to go God's way, if you learn wisdom, that's going to help you in every area of your life. And then it's understanding this, earthly wisdom does not lead to faith. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. The world through its wisdom did not know him. You do not find God through worldly wisdom. God was pleased through the foolishness, it says, of what was preached to save those who would believe. So there's something about what we, where we get to, where a place where we believe the gospel, we believe what the Bible says about Jesus. And that's where salvation comes from. It doesn't come through worldly wisdom, worldly efforts. And then the final way, and we're going to finish with this, and then we're going to sing a song, uh, Becky and Josh, uh, but we're going to finish by praying together. The final way that you can get wisdom is you simply ask for it. Ephesians 1 says, this is the Apostle Paul praying for the church, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And then in James, at the beginning of James, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you right now lack wisdom, we together are going to ask God. We're going to ask God. We want that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know him better. The more you know about God, do you know what? The easier it is to follow him. Even when you begin to understand, you, know, you fear him a bit more, the more you know about him. If there are specific, and it was talked about earlier, specific things that you're like, God, I need wisdom. Let's ask him. So let's stand together. Um, if Josh and Becky come up, I want you to stand. And then um, I want us for a moment just to close our eyes where we are. Uh, let me give you back this. Yeah. Oh, I don't know who wants it. And um, this is a moment where I'm just going to encourage you to specifically ask God. So let's just close our eyes because I am sure in this room if we're open to him, that you will have things that you need wisdom. It came prophetically. It came prophetically. You need to listen. God's speaking. So I'm just going to encourage us for a moment. We're going to pray and then we're going to, then we're going to listen. Just for a moment. And I want to encourage you this week to, to learn to pray and to listen. So I... Uh, let me encourage you to, to pray specifically right now that you might need wisdom for something. There's something you're not sure about. There's something that maybe it's, it's, you've kind of given up on because nothing's happened. Or there's something that you know, if you're honest with yourself, you're wrestling with. Uh, maybe your wrestle is that you know in your heart God is not the source of your wisdom and he needs to become that that you need to remove the divide between the unseen and the seen and you need to move over to that place where it's fresh water that comes to you. So, so let me encourage you just to begin to speak out 
um, a little bit audibly, just as just a step of faith, a little bit audibly, begin to speak out your requests to God. Let's just do that for a moment. It's a moment of faith. It's a moment of faith. I want us just to pause for a moment no more praying and just for 30 seconds we're going to listen just quietly see what God might say what impression might come what picture what anything God speaks in so many different ways to us Father, we acknowledge today that we, we need, not only do we need, we desire your wisdom. And we know this is not a, um, this is not a mystery tour, because you say if we lack wisdom, we should ask. So God, many of us have just asked for wisdom. Uh, you know the particular situation uh, that we're talking about. You, you know what's in the heart. Lord, you, you know where we're at. You, you, you know us better than we know ourselves, which is sometimes why we don't understand how you respond. Because there's bits about us that we don't even know, that you know. But I pray, Father, for every person today who prayed and asked you for wisdom in a particular situation, I ask, Father, that you would give them it. Lord, your word, it, it, it gives it to us as a promise. If you ask for wisdom, he gives generously. He gives generously. So I, I pray that you will be generous, that you would be liberal in the giving of wisdom to your people today. And Father, I pray for any here who are recognizing in themselves, oh, I'm not getting my source of wisdom from God. I'm getting it from somewhere else. And that they're, they're honest enough to acknowledge that. I, I pray, Father, that you in your grace will begin to help direct them so that they begin to look to you. They don't look to themselves, they don't look to the situations, they don't look to earthly wisdom, they look to you. I pray for that. We thank you, God, that you speak. We thank you the way you've spoken this morning. It's been so clear. I ask that you would, uh, each of us would be able to take from today something that we can... Um, begin to apply into our own lives and see you bring us to a place of real maturity as we learn to apply and appropriate God's ways and truth into life.
I ask for that in your name and for your glory. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.